The following audio may contain coarse language and other material that may not be suitable for a younger audience. Viewer discretion is advised. Also, we may spoil anything and everything, so you have been warned. Hello and welcome to the Movie Gang Podcast. I'm Jack Newman, and today I'm joined with Trevor Flynn and Sean Solis. How are you guys doing? I'm fine. Fucking killing it, man. Like, always. Fucking what I do. <laughs> Sean just made it back from happy hour. How's happy hour in Houston? It's good. It's good. It's a little colder here than I'd like it to be. It's like in the What 60s, is it like? But... It's 60s? Is it in the 60s? <laughs> Fuck you. Nah, it's like in the 50s. Fuck but, you. It's yeah. like 30 degrees here. It, it, it was... We had snow on the ground this weekend. It was literally... Like, we were covered under an inch of snow. And, like, I don't know if you've been to North Carolina. We, we don't fucking handle that shit, bro. Like, <laughs> like, like there, was a, there was, like, a giant fire in the middle of the highway because, like, North Carolinians, like, lose their mind when white stuff comes out of the sky. Um... Yeah, come see, joke. it's like I don't know. No. I had one. I didn't miss it. Cool. Done. All right. <laughs> it's not a come joke if you have to say come joke. <laughs> I don't know. I'm done. All right. Uh, this week we're going to be reviewing uh, the Disaster Artist, which was surprisingly amazingly great. Uh, uh, so I'm, I'm excited to talk about it. But first up, we're going to in our trailer corner we're going to talk about two uh, trailers this week. Uh, the first one that we're going to talk about is Jurassic World, which is their new trailer. They've been teasing it all week. It was the worst kind of like trailer tease that I've seen them do in a while. I wasn't a big fan of it, uh, but it looks like we're heading back to the island to save the dinosaurs from a volcano. How do you guys feel about this one? I don't, I, I don't know. I guess for my point, and I'm just gonna say it. I'm not sure where they where they need to where they're going with Jurassic World at this point. I mean, I mean. Uh, yeah, they, there's just too many of these fucking things. Like, what is this? Like the fifth fucking Jurassic Park movie? Yeah, it I, is. It is. But that says like there's not enough Avengers stuff. Like at least they like change it up. Like you know, superheroes could get old or, or like feel like an old concept. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people think that way. Yeah, um, I mean, I still I don't understand how the the fourth one made as much money as it did. Like I still like every every once in a while I'll go to like. You know. Oh, I could I could uh, explain that right now to you. It's a combination of childhood nostalgia for the Jurassic Park series combined with like new methodologies of selling movies in combination with good star power uh, pushed out a really good film. Now it wasn't See, but, a great film, but it was a film you, that was combined to kind of take the the, uh, the force of what 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 happened after like right after Star Star Wars. And the thing is, like, we all kind of want like a big holiday series to take over and we've gotten that in the form of star wars this year so my question is is uh but all those things you described could also be applied to like blade runner 20 you know 2040 no they can't it was. no they can't not, no it was not like, in the same level that like, like dinosaurs are immediately like seeable and like sellable and like something that like i bet like the majority of people's childhoods had a part of like like it's not in the same it's not in the same scale you know like you know I, no one has a blade runner action figure Sean might. Um. I, no, I love I, Sean. Blade Runner is my favorite movie, bro. Like, like I, I love that movie. It was, a, it was, it was the Blade Runner twenty forty nine was amazing, and I love it. I just think that like it's a, it's not about Jurassic World being good. It's about Jurassic World being licensed to print money. Yeah. Uh, can I just? I this is weird. I, I just had one continuous thought watching this because half of the trailer is a single stampede. 
That's that's what it, that's all the trailer is. It's just a single stampede. <laughs> and so I keep having this memory from my childhood flashing in my head in the Aladdin and the King of Forty Thieves like direct to video animation where like the King the Forty Thieves crash the Agrabah castle and Genie as Robin Williams turns into a Texan in a big ass ten gallon hat and is like stampede. And I just thought that over and over again. <laughs> yeah, I I've actually, I just like, so he sent us the to, clip. He sent he sent us a really terrible ripped clip of it, too, like, which I can't believe he found on YouTube. Um, oh my god, I love it when Genie like the carpet gets run over by an elephant, and the Genie's like, "Oh my god, you're dead!" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I forgot how much I love Aladdin and the King of Thieves. It's really I good. didn't. That's why I wanted to bring it up. Also, I really just need Genie. Like that's I just I, if Robin Williams popped up somewhere and sh- started shouting "Stampede" in the trailer, I really wouldn't be surprised. It's that would be just- an improvement to Jurassic World. I guess like the big thing is, do you guys enjoy the idea of them going back to the island? Or, to or, save the or dinosaurs? Do have, are, or do you have, like, I guess, do you have, at this point, do you have any connection to the series as a, as a whole? Because I don't. And that's my no. thing. No. No. One, no one does. <laughs> and I guess my, my big thing is I'm really curious to see if the, the nostalgia lightning strikes twice. Or what's, what's like, the hangover from nostalgia. Do you know what I mean? Like, how are they going to... Well. Yeah. Because, I mean, they had that scene in the, in the... The last connection I had to this fucking thing was in the Lost World movie where they scrape some shit off the floor and you realize that they're in the gallery from the old center and it says Jurassic Park on the floor and they're all, like, standing on top of the logo like, look that, look at that much better movie. Look, just look at that. Like, and that's... Yeah. Was, uh, Hold it here in your face, motherfuckers! <laughs> this was such a great that. movie that we've... We've drive, <laughs> driven Michael... Made Michael Crichton's corpse roll over in his grave. I don't... I, is Michael Crichton dead? Actually, I I, I feel I really know. bad if he's not. I, don't I think like he's he not, and I think I'm just terrible. Way. I don't think you know. All right, yeah. <laughs> Let's get I think on. Jurassic to the Park other... was like a political critique that went wrong or anything. It's no Jurassic Park <laughs> is really good. Like I stand by the original Jurassic Park, and I even don't hate the Lost World. I am alone in this. I know. Ugh. I know. <laughs> I, everyone, everyone hates the Lost World. <laughs> okay, well, whatever. it's just the part where a kid gymnastics into a raptor and punches it in the face. But other than that, it's good. It's okay. It's passable. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> if Tommy Wiseau can get the room made, like you, you can be a gymnastics raptor kicker. <laughs> yeah, when Spielberg's producing. You know. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right. Uh, okay. But uh, in second trailer this week we watched was Alita: Battle Angel. Uh, which, uh, what'd you guys think of this one? So this is, this was the trailer with the girl with the really, really fucking creepy eyes that are CG'd onto her, and they just look really, really, really fucking weird. And, uh, it kind of, it has, uh, who's it starring? Who's the guy? It's another, uh, it's another, it's another big eyes movie starring Christoph, Christoph Waltz. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what do you, what did you guys think of this? Tre- Trevor, I know that you were the one that saw this one. It's based on a, it's again, it's based on a manga. Yeah, it uh, looks that- like it's based on a manga for once. I'll say that about it. Of all the dumb, like, Hollywood live action adaptations we have, this one actually looks like it was based on a Japanese comic. You know what I mean? Kind of like, I mean, Ghost in the Shell, they recreated those moments from the anime adaptation, but there's nothing about the aesthetic and design of that show that really said manga like this. Do you think that's fair? Or am I just like reading all of that into the huge Moe eyes? 
<laughs> yeah, well, I, I think that's the thing that it's. I don't know why they would choose to have a, the eyes that big is the big thing because in the original art, the eyes don't look that big. It just has an art style. I don't interpret it of having eyes that big, and the rest of the robots don't have eyes that big either. So I don't. I don't understand the decision. <laughs> like so, the series is set in a post-apocalyptic future. Focuses on Alita, a cyborg who has lost all memory and is found in a garbage heap by a cybernetics doctor who rebuilds and takes care of her. She discovers that there is one thing she remembers: the legendary cyborg. Mar- Martial arts Panzer Kunst. <laughs> what? <laughs> the le- there's ridiculous. one thing she does remember: the legendary cyborg martial arts Panzer Kunst. <laughs> Panzer Kunst. <laughs> yeah, of course it's in German. Did I say that right? <laughs> which leads to her becoming a hunter, warrior, or bounty hunter. The story traces Alita's attempts to rediscover her past and the character whose lives she impacts on her journey. The manga series is continued in Battle Angel Alita Last Order and Battle Angel Alita Mars Chronicle. So that's that's the series. I don't know. I, I'm very. I'm I'm actually very interested to read this manga. Like I'm gonna go. Like the art looks good. Everything mm-hmm. about it looks cool. I'm not interested to see this movie though. It does not look good. Those eyes are just a terrible, authentic decision. Like there's no reason you could have just put an actress in this role, given her robotic arms, and had, let her be a kick-ass person. Right? That sounds like a what? That sounds like a cool movie, right? Uh, like in like Christoph Waltz being like essentially like good Dr. Robotnik. That's so badass. Yeah. This doesn't seem like a hard thing to adapt. And then there's eyes and that's all that we will ever talk about this movie about. It's Christoph Waltz, man. He has a thing about big eyes. It's like, uh, it's, he's not producing or anything. Is he? I don't think, well, whatever. I, I don't know. Yeah, so I think I think this has been being produced for a while, as best that I can say, because you know I think that James Cameron Cameron's been involved in it quite a bit. Um, it's his fault. And, it's probably yeah, his fault. Screenplay. Yeah, so he's, produ- he's John Landau and James Cameron are producing the screenplay. The screenplay is by James Cameron and a bunch of other people. Uh, it's based on Battle Angel, and it's directed. The current director in place is Robert Rodriguez. Yeah. Woof. Yeah. So I don't know where this is going, bros, but I think it could be cool. <laughs> I, I want to watch it, but like I, I just can't get past those eyes, bro. You think it's yeah. James Cameron being like, I will push CGI to the next level once again. <laughs> no, I think better. Dire- as far as I can tell, better directors have been attached to this project and then yeah. they've all gone away. That's what mm. I'm. Everyone's everyone's in board with the eyes. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Robert Rodriguez is actually pretty good, so I, 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 we'll see what happens. All right. Uh, that's that's it for Trailer Corner. That's uh, ran a bit longer than I intended. Sorry about that. Uh, but we're going to get on to the Disaster Artist, which is the thing we're actually going to talk about today. Uh, with the Disaster Artist, James Franco transforms the tragic comic true story of the aspiring filmmaker and infamous Hollywood outsider Tommy Wiseau, an artist whose passion was as sincere as his method... <laughs> it's just some some great summary shade it's amazing uh an artist whose passion was as sincere as his method were uh, okay no let me finish the sentence an artist whose passions were as sincere as his methods were questionable into a celebration of friendship artistic expression and dreams pursued against insurmountable odds based on greg sestero's best-selling tell all about the making of tommy's cult classic disaster piece the room the greatest bad movie ever made the disaster artist is a hilarious and welcome reminder that there is more than one way to become a legend and no limit to what you can achieve when you have absolutely no idea what you're doing that was a great summary i just want to like in terms of summaries that i've read this year that's probably one of my favorites all right yeah. uh so we just watched james franco do like essentially a, an extended saturday night live 
uh, in, interpretation for an hour and 43 minutes. What'd you guys think of it? Let's start with you, Sean. Yeah, I, I oh, really uh, enjoyed for, it. Sorry, let me come in here. Yeah. I want to read the room synopsis real quick. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> no. Oh. A, a, success, a successful banker, Tommy Wiseau, fiance. Oh, he's a Julian, banker? Yeah, I yeah. didn't know he was a banker. <laughs> <laughs> when is that established? <laughs> oh, my God. A Where successful banker's fiance tempts and manipulates his best friend. That's it. That's the whole synopsis that comes up when you type in the room summary. <laughs> I wouldn't give that man five dollars. <laughs> what was I it feel like? like it's not possible. <laughs> it's not possible. No matter how like hard you look, you can't find the synopsis of the room because it doesn't fucking make sense. Like, no one knows what's happening. It's 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 not great. All right, uh, Sean, back to you. <laughs> So, I I really enjoyed this movie. Uh, you know, it, it it's it's kind of you got some good themes going in there. Like it's 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 the story of you know people who who dream to make movies and they're kind of they're making it happen. But it, at the same time, it's just fucking ridiculous. Like it's Tommy Wiseau who's just like this fucking bizarre human being who has like six million dollars that he pulled out of his ass and decides to make like literally the worst thing in the world but somehow you know there's a scene in there where you know greg sestero and tommy was over driving by uh you know shakespeare in love is playing at the movie theaters and to this day people remember the room more than they remember shakespeare in love which just <laughs> blows my mind i'm like how is that possible but somehow somehow he made this movie that you know to this day people still will go back and have a good time seeing um, I don't know how that happened, but it's it's kind of cool to see the story behind it. Yeah, and I, I, we should point out here for those because I've actually found that like in certain cinema circles, the room is like famous, but outside of that, people are like, "What the fuck is the room?" Uh, so it's kind of like it's taken on the room is essentially this movie, this like really really bad movie that people go and see on a lark, and the idea is that people will dress up as their favorite characters from the room, essentially doing like an inverse of the Rocky Horror Picture Show, where they'll go and shout out bad badly written and done lines. Lines, they'll do things. It's famously if you if you've seen that clip online, go see the clip now. It's where he goes to a flower shop and he goes, "Hello, doggy," and and then he just like goes away. And that's kind of what it's known for. It's just like this terrible, terrible, terrible movie, um, and its interpretation. And it's and it's it's now a cult classic. And it's just weird. And and uh, Sestero wrote a, an actually really good book. If you guys want to check it out, I highly recommend the book actually as well. Uh, a book talking about like the making of it and what was wrong with the process and what was going on and all the things that were happening. And it's been made and kind of to, and I think, I think really strongly done into to like the humor of this and, and like the representation of the character. Uh, Trevor, what did, what did you think of it? I um, went in just expecting it to be a comedy. I didn't realize how like much of a tragic comedy it would be. I really enjoyed Franco's performance. I think it's one of the better performances I've ever seen him do. <laughs> I, I actually found myself relating to, like, I mean, it's it's a ridiculous way in which to couch the themes of, like, how insane acting and the movie business is and all of that. But, like, I think it's more effective, really, at conveying all of that than La La Land even really is for yeah. like I mean La La Land does plenty of other stuff I just I don't know why that comparison I'm just trying to start some shit throwing that out there but um, <laughs> yeah I really liked it and it made me sad and it made me funny 
funny. It made me laugh. Um, I, I really liked it. Yeah. No, I mean, it's it, it was it was a good story. And, you know, I agree with you that it, it definitely had themes that were more relatable than La La Land, you know, because La La Land felt like a little constructed, honestly. Um, but then again, you know, who who has like a, a friend they meet that's just like fucking crazy and has like an endless amount of cash that they'll, they'll they're willing to throw around to make you know just a fucking bonkers movie <laughs> but at the same time it's kind of cool like I, I like the whole time you want tommy to succeed <laughs> and he kind of does in a way you know you're like you're rooting for this guy and and at the end of the day you know he just makes this you know this cult classic that that no one no one else could probably make like i you know if you were to put the the best directors in you know in hollywood together like no one no one could make this film like you just have to be kind of bonkers to to make it work and and he made it work (laughs) i guess i guess that's my thing here is that maybe that's where i'm kind of on a different uh, maybe maybe this is the issue too with my with my take on this movie i want to understand Tommy Wiseau in a way. And I want James Franco's performance to kind of get to that. And I think that's the thing. I think Franco starts to get into the mindset of Wiseau in terms of like, he probably was kind of an ass, not, not an ass. Well, I I don't want to call him a straight up asshole, but he kind of had this very needy, emotional, over the top personality that he conveys. And he sort of gets into the kind of the dark underbelly of that personality. And that's the thing is like the first half of this movie is sort of signaling that needy, crazy personality. And then the ending doesn't really have much to say about that. And that's, the, and that, that's probably my primary issue with here is that there's a distinction between the personality that they're displaying on the film versus what they probably think uh, it means the room means. And I think that's that they, they, and that's, I feel like at the very end, they pull their punch as to what the the meaning of the movie is or pull their punch about what Wasso is. Like Wasso is still kind of that needy partially abusive individual and but the room's funny guys. And I think that's maybe that's like they like they were like building like the early bit of this film feels like it's building up to a much darker tragedy yeah. of a movie that then doesn't complete because they get everything they want. Because and and, that, and that's the thing about it is like I really would have approved the ending of like it goes on to do this thing, but like like Tommy Wiseau was destroyed by like the ending, which he probably was destroyed by like that sh- that film showing. Don't you imagine? Yeah, so, like, that's, yeah. I, yeah. I just no, I mean that's it, probably fair enough. Um, but at the same time, I mean there, there's the one quote by the the grandma in the movie who's like you know even the the worst day on a film set is still the best day doing, you know, anything else. And I think that's probably what they were trying to get at. Like, even though this movie is fucking terrible, like it was still a good experience for everyone who was kind of involved in it, despite the fact that, I I don't think, I don't think a lot of those people would kind Cicero (laughs) in retrospect does, but I don't think the film crew would actually go back and say that, but or like the woman he was screaming at before they had a sex scene. (laughs) Yeah. Like, and she's like, and he's like shaming her about her, like, hygiene and stuff freckles Holy i think it was freckles he was yeah, like it was freckles yeah it was I like mean, personal no, fre- which is also just like a total was so thing and i love i love the scene i love like they make all the best jokes it's like does he know that she her vagina is like two feet lower <laughs> and that, that's the thing is like this, this I'm, not, I'm not saying anything bad about this movie this movie works really well as a comedy and it, and it made me laugh start to finish like i laughed the whole way through this movie which a lot of comedies this year cannot say but i do think like you know they're they want to call it a tragic 
comedy or people want to paint this as a tragic comedy in terms of like its elevation as an art form. And I think I probably would draw the line at that and saying it's a really, it's probably one of the best comedies of this year, but I don't think it's going into like people are like starting to talk about Oscar territory. And I don't think it deserves that because they don't finish out what Wiseau's character means. Like the dark, like underside of like his emotional abuse to everyone right. around him. And the fact right. that like, right. What, and that's what blew my mind about just reading up some trivia and stuff after watching the movie is like there are things that he did that I feel like they didn't put in the movie because they it's, it's one of those things where like, oh, that actually happened in real life. Like they oh, no, no, that must be something they made up for the movie. Nobody's that crazy. No, <laughs> like, no. There's so much that I feel like he did that they couldn't put in there because they thought no one would believe it actually happened. Right. And, that, yeah. and that's and that's the thing about the book and a lot of other things is like there's a lot of just crazy ass shit this guy did. And it, and it definitely suggests like and that's the whole that's why the book is so good, because it kind of like it doesn't it never says it outright, but it skirts around the re- revelation of what he as a person is, which is sort of this elderly guy that kind of is like like needs attention and kind of in like the most negative fashion. And as he's recreating that attention, it's kind of like this whole negative thing. And I just want them to get there with that character and they never do. And that's the only thing. And I think, I think that's, I think that's a tragedy of it is because I think Franco totally understands that in the way that he plays the character. And there's just never a scene that lets him complete on that moral or that, that theme. And that's, and that's what I think. I think that Franco totally gets who Tommy Wiseau is and just doesn't get the opportunity to go there all the way with the character. And I really want, I really thought it was going to happen at the end. I really thought well, he was going to break down and it was going to get there. And that was just, that's the thing. I really have an issue with the ending because I think there's like one last good, like breakdown monologue from James Franco as Tommy was. that would have like made this movie like Oscar worthy. Yeah, that's fair. I see that. Like you're right. Uh, you're right. I think Oscar, uh, as far as it's third act goes, like Oscar worthy is not like that's, that's it's kind of a stretch a little bit. It's such a good comedy. It's such a good comedy. Is, but yeah. at the end of the day, they are so in love with the concept of the room. The writers of it are just so in love. Oh with yeah, the you can concept. tell if if with the after credits like side by side that they just had a lot of fun recreating the room shot for sure. Yeah, I, like they they could oh, yeah. use that. Like, go ahead, John. No, I, I think you're just. I mean, I agree with all of what you said, but I think you're you're expecting like too much of the movie to like kind of deconstruct Tommy Wiseau as a human being. Oh, but he no, does. I, yeah, I don't think, and, that, that, and that would be where I would, I would come back at you. I think the movie wants to do that. And in the early parts does. And, that, and James that Franco where, is just so fucking good. Like he does, <laughs> he's doing the pathos. He's doing the, like you can see in his eyes, like I want to be the hero, not the villain. And it's just so, yeah. You know, yeah. And, and part of me thinks that you can't tell the story of Tommy Wiseau without coming to that conclusion because any other story by it well, wouldn't be funny or good or anything. The closest they get to what you're talking about is when the crew is just sitting around talking about what the fuck is this movie guys. And someone is like, <laughs> I think, and I'm just I'm going out on a ledge here a limb I think it might be autobiographical a little bit it's like he thinks all the world hates him he's always characterizing everyone else as the enemy that's also what the movie I mean that's also what his movie is about starring him so it's a little a little painfully obvious he just just wants to spend like all day throwing footballs and being friends with everybody (laughs) everybody throw footballs Footballs yeah. and tuxedo footballs. Yeah. <laughs> I'm from New Orleans, guys. Yeah, I'm from New Orleans. I love like <laughs> how like Orleans. if you go to his Wikipedia page, people still don't know where the fuck he's from. 
<laughs> like, <laughs> or how he made his money, right? And that's no the scary knows. thing. No one knows. That's and the that's scary me. thing. It's like, did he kill a man? Like, you know, it doesn't make any <laughs> sense. If he inherited all this money, why did he wait until he was like 50 before he started doing all this stuff, you know? Well, and that and like, that's like, the, that's the thing. It's like, a lot of people think that like, he like, he just was like a very, very, very successful like real estate person. And that doesn't make any, <laughs> any sense. <laughs> like, like, I'm sure, like he, there's a lot of money in real estate, but like he would, he would have to be like, like a big ass fucking person in like South Carolina. California to like be doing that well to like just throw away 1.6 million dollars or something well what blows my mind about this whole thing is like how like you know just how nonchalant he is about like the money right because he, he's got like he's got an apartment in San Francisco and LA that he's paying rent on you know he's got this great car then they go out to LA and they're trying to like do their thing and then I think Greg Sestero has to suggest it's why don't we make our own movie before he's like, oh, I could actually do that. You know, it's like, I do, it's I do not think something it is he like, thought about. I do about. think it is like, Greg Sestero is right, and that his, like, belief, like, made him do that. Like, I do, yeah. I do think Greg Sestero is totally correct. <laughs> and, like, and like he's just like, fuck it, I have the money, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, like, the, this guy, like, he had, and that, that's the bigger question of the movie, too, is, like, who the fuck is Tommy So Like, he had this L.A. apartment ready, like, he wanted to move to Hollywood, but you couldn't do it alone. So when Greg is like, yeah, I wish we'd go to LA, Tommy's like, hey, we can, you know? And like, that is the other thing too, is, and that's when you look at the like actual story, he actually let Greg move to LA for six months or something rent free before, and then Greg started getting successful or whatever, and then Tommy moves down there, insists on putting a, a divider in, like, the room so that he has his own bedroom, and just, like, it was the same, which th- they portrayed in the movie by having, like, you know, him, uh, Greg get a, like, a, a, the, the the Malcolm in the Middle ga- uh, gig, which Tommy takes away from him because he's jealous of his success. You know, they portrayed the same thing, but that's so much more believable than, like, Tommy letting him live there for half a year and then deciding, hey, I want some of this like life that you're making for yourself. <laughs> like I, you know, and and he and he wants and he moved down there and he wanted him to pay rent like after the fact. Like and he started, yeah, it's just crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, um, I think I think it's clearly like like like, and this is the thing. Like it's hinting. It's like something that is like scarier. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and that and that's really what like I guess is like not the best. <laughs> like it's making a joke out of something. That is clearly, but I think, I think, I don't, I don't want to say it out loud sometimes, but I, I do think, and I don't think Sestero never characterizes it because he's the guys that primarily wrote the book on what happened. Sestero is the, is the viewpoint from which we are looking. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think that Sestero probably is sugarcoating some of this to make it a happier thing. Cause that's what the room is. Mm-hmm. But I think, I think, I think Tommy Wiseau was probably abusive to him a little bit, not a little bit. I think probably quite a bit. I mean, he is. Yeah. yeah, in the movie he yeah. is. Yeah, even how it's portrayed. Yeah, yeah. And I, I don't, I don't think, and that's the thing is like maybe like if they were sugar, I, but it would be an inferior movie if they were sugarcoating that is what I would say. Yeah, it'd be a much inferior movie if they weren't going there. Yeah, they do go there. They just wrap it up sort of pretty. And yeah, I mean they portray like what ended up happening as being a better product than you know the opportunities that Cicero missed out on right like yeah. it's like well you didn't have the girlfriend that you wanted and you didn't get to go on Malcolm in the middle but it's okay because we made the room <laughs> which I, I'm not sure 
I mean, I understand like the point that the movie's making, but I'm not sure if that's like a fair, you know. Yeah, I don't, I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't I don't know. I don't know that that's fair. <laughs> I agree with that. I agree with that entirely. Like your book, like his book did really well, but at the same time, like, I don't know. They want to elevate the room here. And that's where I'm like drawing the line. Cause I've never been a huge fan of the room. And yeah. so when the movie draws out of like, Tommy Wiseau is a bad person into, th- but the room is honestly great guys territory. <laughs> I, that's yeah. when I kind of, that's when it loses me. It's like, I was like, I like the room. I think the room is funny, but it, 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 it is just this thing. It is not like the greatest bad movie ever made. That's battlefield earth. Yeah. <laughs> 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 that, that is just like, especially because battlefield earth, has just such a cinematography language of Dutch angle, Dutch angle, Dutch angle, yeah, Dutch angle, wig drawn Travolta, like it's <laughs> laughing ridiculously. I don't know, like I, I it's uh, the worst bad movie is always going to be a science fiction movie for me. Just like on yeah. the nature of like bad science fiction sets are just yeah. like bad science fiction effects. It just <laughs> it just has such a leg up on that, and that's why the room is always like I'm like watching the room and I'm like I can't watch the room unless I'm like drinking with somebody in a room with like uh, friends, like because that and that's, oh, God, that's the difference. No. Yeah. Oh yeah. That'd be horrible. <laughs> like, you're just like you're just like screaming at the TV screen. It's like, why are they playing catch with the football and tuxedos? Why it is makes that? no is, sense. Is he a banker or a vampire? I can't tell the difference. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you who my client is. By the way, how's your sex life? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's so stupid. I think I think the fact that this makes me laugh is is probably the legitimacy of this movie. And I think I, I will always say that the disaster artist is the superior version thing to watch. I think the disaster artist is far funnier, more fun, is far more funny than the actual room. Oh yeah, I mean I've only watched the room once, and I like probably it's enough. I don't know if I could watch that movie again, honestly. <laughs> like, I was know. considering having drinks with my girlfriend and showing her the room before we went to see disaster artist. I am so glad I did not do that. <laughs> I, 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 I think he, here's what you need to do. You need to go on YouTube and you need to watch a clip show of the room yeah. because you can see like, you can see the six or seven really funny scenes yeah. and you don't need context to enjoy them in the exact same way. Cause there isn't yeah. really context and that's no. the whole point of the room. So go watch the clip show and then go watch the disaster artist. Cause it's a that's good fucking movie. Yeah. No, it's a good movie. I also kind of want to press down and see like what your guys' scores are because I feel like you're, you're like Jack doesn't like this movie because there's a there's there's some uh, like aesthetic dissonance. I'm not saying it's a bad movie. I'm just saying it's not like people are like you know Franco for James for uh, James Franco like uh, Franco for James Franco. I, I think he would like a award named after him. Here's your James Franco. (laughs) (laughs) They give him out on SNL. This be kind of like. "Eh." (laughs) (laughs) I I think my point. I think my point is that uh, it's just not Oscar worthy. It's a very, 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 very highly evolved good comedy that just pulls its punch at the end. Yeah, pulls its pulls its punch in like in terms of just being fun for the price of entrance. So here's the thing, though. I like I, I showed up to this movie without expecting to see like an Oscar worthy movie, right? Because like I, I just don't associate comedies with like Oscar performances, and maybe that's not fair. But I mean, I just I just went into this movie, you know, I thought it would be kind of funny, and I've seen like some trailers for it, and unfortunately, the trailer is kind of like, you know, they showed a lot of the really good scenes, which is again, you know, I kind of feel that it's. it's, it's, it's me, but Lisa. 
it's killing me, you know. You've got all these trailers that are kind of spoiling what the movie's like. And anyway, I, like I went in and I it, it it met my expectations, so I had a good time. But I did not go into this movie thinking that I was going to watch like you know the best picture for 2017. Yeah, I, I I think that's and maybe this is the same thing that always happens on this cast levels of scale. I'm pretty sure me and Sean will give it like the same damn score, but like <laughs> on the scale, like we're both like thinking of it very differently because we went in with different expectations. And this was I had heard this had got Oscar buzz for like its performance, and I was like James Franco, seriously, what the fuck's happening? And then I went in and I was like, yeah, that's pretty good. But because I was prepared for it, I'm like, but no, guys, like there's a there's a clear issue. Yeah. With the separation of the characterization and what the movie wants to do and the fact that it is a fan film. And that's the thing it is. It's the it's like it's just like a huge fan film, like a really well executed fan film. Oh yeah. And I think Absolutely. the most hilarious thing about it is is that the fan film version is just infinitely more competent than the actual version, which is just my favorite thing about this movie. It's just watching them make a good movie about a bad movie is just like so brain ticklingly funny yeah <laughs> or watching them like have good blocking about bad blocking it's just it's just so amazing in so many ways and i and i think that's the thing is like on a meta storytelling level like if you at all appreciate filmmaking going into this is just hilarious that said i've been on film sets where like it's kind of like i've been on film sets or like in shitty film sets in north carolina where like i've kind of seen that level of abuse that level of abuse is very very real for me so maybe me personally i'm like i'm like yeah, it's funny, but at the same time, it's not funny. It's not well, fucking funny. For me, that was the idea that, like, in the in the post credit, in the credit, in the you know, any based on true life story, you have the credit, the the text at the end thing, where it said that Tommy Wiseau and Greg's uh, welcome, whatever. Name is. <laughs> They, uh, huh? <laughs> no, they keep going. Uh, they still work together. That blew my mind. I was like, really? After that, like, you know, I got how they kind of made up at the end in like a way and like appreciated each other. But I thought that whole time it was just kind of like this last thing that Greg, like, you know, kind of saw how abusive the guy was and was like, all right, we can't be friends anymore. But you know, I'll, uh, you know, just to like for old times' sake, I'll do this one. I'll go to the premiere with you. Yes, fuck, you know, like, but. I, I, to to find out after all that that they still work together, I was just like, oh, really? Like that that changes how I feel about this. <laughs> like, you, that, yeah, and I think that's why they pull the punch at the end, for yeah. me. Yeah, like like it's 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 a love letter to it. It's also a love letter to Sestero's perspective, which Sestero's perspective is this guy gave him a lot of like wealth, and then immediately wanted to back and wanted exchange for it. But he did get he did help the dude out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And- I mean, you just you just see it at the end, like the fact that they that they got back together, and I feel like I'm discussing them as like they're in like a relationship, which they kind of, I mean, in a way. No, it's kind <laughs> of a it's kind of a romantic comedy. Like you're not you're not far off with that observation, and it really is about like because it's done from Sestero's perspective, and it's about this character. It's really like it really kind of is like. I mean, it really kind of is like just a character drama about Tommy Wiseau from Sestero and his relationship with him. So I, it's not, it's not out of the, because it's not out of the yeah, realm possibility made, to call it like a romantic comedy. Because yeah. he made he made decisions that like I don't know. I feel like no rational person would yeah. make. You know, like I feel like most people wouldn't be like, yeah, I'm gonna like give up my 
girlfriend and also the opportunity to be on Malcolm in the Middle slash like my career so I can be on this like random movie that probably is going to be terrible that everyone's telling me that I shouldn't be on. Well, that was <laughs> right? the that was the good conflict for them is that he felt like he owed him. And I think that's like the real resentment shit that that would have been what that last monologue was about kind of but they did have like that i mean the closest part of thing we got to that other than the premiere was that second fu- fucking football p- catch play thing where tommy like <laughs> decided to hire some guys to film a like actual interaction with the dude and that was really creepy and awful um, <laughs> but he does he says you owe me and greg is like i don't owe you i don't still owe you that's not how friends work that's not how it works you know and that's that's that, that i i feel like they did an okay enough job i agree with you sean like that point i was like really really just the way you're showing this like it's implied that she's leaving him over this exact issue he doesn't even go after her come on you know, yeah. I, I think maybe maybe that's like the point where it's like it's from Sistero's perspective, and I think that maybe that's an issue with the movie itself because like clearly like I've met people like this in my life that like are closet kind of like needy like this, and that's the difference of what's I don't know what the correct word to call John Tommy Wiseau's like character in, in this insecure, <laughs> in, yeah, totally insecure, insecure, needy, and kind of just drags people into their orbit, but yeah. can be very can be very in their own weird way, very likable and socially accepting in such a way as to drag people into their orbit and yeah. then keep you in that orbit, and then it's like it's it's like this uh, ability to control you in the relationship, and that's and that's why it is <laughs> it does follow all the characteristics of an abusive relationship, which is why this is such a good performance, <laughs> and that's also why it's annoying me is that I. Think clearly and more and more that I talk about it, the more and more I realize that like they do everything in their power to properly show who Tommy Wiseau is and then don't com- like don't draw any conclusions from it. <laughs> just, yeah. Isn't the room good, man? <laughs> like, yeah, like, it's a good It yeah. was all worth it. At yeah. The end. And, that, yeah. And, that, and that that's where I'm like, that's where I'm dragged down because like they do have the completion scene. They do have the scene where it's like, here's what it's like to have an abusive relationship and a breakup of it. And then they get back together at the end. And that's yeah. where I'm like super annoyed. By it, and I guess it's like, like they, they kind of like they, they kind of pull a Florence Nightingale at the third act that kind of just you know. It, but I mean, maybe that's just true of how like real life played out, which probably is, is fairly accurate. I mean, yeah, like, or, you know, or a people in abusive relationships probably... attempt to, uh, I guess, I guess Stockholm syndrome is maybe how it plays out. <laughs> I mean, like, looking back on it, like, if Greg Sestero could choose to, like, either be on Malcolm in the Middle or make the room, like, he would probably still make the room, right? Like, he's probably still uh, more successful. Uh, I think if he th- like, thinks that, he's crazy, because I, I, I don't know. know. I mean, like, he's... I mean, Frankie Muniz is on Dancing with the Stars, man. <laughs> Dude's got stuff on. He drives race cars. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I like Frankie Muniz. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I mean, he's got he's got a successful book like the you know this the movie's got a cult following and people it's still relevant even though it was made in two thousand three. That's fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The room is fucking a weird movie, guys. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You're me. Sorry, I'm gonna not keep quoting it. All right, let's go ahead and put scores on this bad boy. Uh, first up is you, Trevor. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, I really. Uh, because uh, um, <laughs> I get I, I've argued with and for this third act kind of problem that we're talking about and I totally get that 
at the same time, it was such a good comedy, and I'm so used to having I'm I'm so used to there not being a comedy that's like dramatic at the same time at all, and then or it is, and it's like the fucking like Judd Apatow was involved in this, but I really hate like the Judd Apatow like uh, it's a comedy except like there are real emotional stakes involved, and there's a sappy sentimental third act that's like pulls it all together. I hate that shit so. For, exactly, like, and that and that's and that's. It's you. You. I hadn't thought of it in the vein of Jude Apatow, but that's exactly what the fuck's happening here. Yeah, but it's not as bad as a Jude Apatow. There's actual real pathos and like soul in it. Right, 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 right. <laughs> but I, I still, I still I think. And 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 in fairness to them, it's how it actually happened. You know what I mean? Yeah like, yeah. like people did. Like that's the thing is like they didn't. They were making the room, and they didn't know until it aired that it was going to be a cult classic like that. So it's only in the post that people like have you know kind of come back around to being okay with Tommy Wiseau and what he did. Yeah. I did actually like Joe Apatow's scene in this too. He was the guy in the restaurant that yeah, Tommy yeah, started. That. That was, he got through, yeah, you could have come over here faster. He got through two acts of Hamlet. Yeah, that was <laughs> um, or Shakespeare. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give it an eight all things considered. It's a little above solid for me just in terms of like, I mean, I was sitting in the theater like giggling, but like, just cringing at the same time. And cringe humor does not usually work for me. And this isn't cringe humor. It's like a little bit elevated above that. For uh, me. It's, it's pretty cringy, bro. Oh, that, uh, that restaurant scene is the most cringy fucking thing. I, I, I don't know, but like, <laughs> maximum cringe. But in the context of the rest of the thing, it's it's not it's different for me than other cringe humor because it actually did make me laugh while at the same time. Like, that doesn't usually work for me. And like I was, I was burying my head in my chair, but like at the same time actually enjoy. <laughs> that doesn't usually happen for me. Like, I know like Arrested Development. You know, I remember watching that with Jack and like you had the same problem but like I, that actually... oh yeah no like that's that's that would be the successful thing that i would agree with you about not cringing like i i, I cannot watch arrested development i have to get up on pace away yeah. from the screen yeah especially with moments with lucille ball i just like have to get up and walk around because i cannot fucking see a human ball? being handle like... it oh okay yeah you know like the the lady that plays uh lucille Bluth. yeah lucille Bluth. yeah is it lucille 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 bluth but like uh it's lucille ball is her name right or, or that, am I just thinking of no, else? that's that's Lucy and Desi from like the twenties or thirties. Holy fifties, the fifties. That's who Lucille Ball is. Oh my god, I am so sorry. To it's everyone. okay. It's an actor thing. I do the same thing. I think I get Alec Baldwin and John Jessica Travolta. Walters. She's in fucking Jessica Archer. Walters. God damn it! That's yeah. what I fuck me. Fuck. Right. Sorry. sorry, I brought up a rest of the I'm good. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> Had a little too much to drink. Let's go ahead and wrap this up. Uh, what did you give it, Trevor? Eight. I give it an eight as well. Cool. Awesome. <laughs> I uh, I actually was planning on also giving it an eight, so this works out great. Perfect. Wow. Um, That's math, baby. No, I, I kid you not. So I, I I really enjoyed this movie. I walked out of it, you know, feeling, you know, had a good time. I would recommend this movie to other people who haven't even seen The Room. Um, I think what, you know, Trevor said before is accurate, that you don't need to actually watch The Room, but if you can YouTube, like, the, you know, a 10-minute clip of all the funny scenes in the room you're probably in good shape um but you know it, it was a good movie it, it beat my expectations for what it was going to be um but no it was a good time it's a good comedy i hadn't seen a good comedy in a while so yeah no an eight's about right uh i'd go recommend you go see it yeah all the things above and i think that's the thing 
uh, I think I think this this is a good this is a good movie either way. I think that's the thing is maybe it's, when it elevates itself above that Jude Apatow level was kind of when I came back because I was coming down, and I think I think my criticism of it is still valid, but I think my criticism is a very lofty criticism of any film. Yeah. Well, I, I don't think it's I don't think it's wrong to expect that of anything, but no. at the same time, I think it handles it's you know it's the nature of like a real story too that also might be in play that drags it back a little bit. But at the same time, I think it's overall good because that's what we said. We said it was good. We all three gave it an eight, so that uh, evens out very nicely. To uh, the movie gang podcast gives the disaster artist an eight out of ten. That's a high recommendation. So go uh, go check that out uh, for the movie gang podcast. This has been Sean Solis. Thanks, guys. Have a good night. Trevor Flynn. Bye. You look like a villain, Trevor. No, I'm just kidding. I'm um, <laughs> <laughs> nah, a hero. I still don't know. All right, all right. Give me, get, everyone, give me your best Tommy Wiseau impression for the way out of here. Uh, Sean, you're up first. Oh, God. You can pick your line. Hi, doggy. <laughs> Trevor, you're up next. I did not heat her. I did not. I did oh, not. hi, Ma. <laughs> Damn it. I was going to do. Okay. Oh. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> You're tearing me apart, You're Lisa. You're tearing me apart, Lisa. That's <laughs> all right. Let's do it. <laughs> Bye, guys. All right. <laughs> Bye. Sean, which was better, me or Jax? Rate them. Rate them. Out of 10.